Work and rest, two necessary phases of everything we do in life. Yet in today's world, we often get stuck in the work mode, thinking that's the only way to productivity. But yoga teaches us otherwise. Welcome to Health, Harmony, and Happiness with Kathy. I'm your host, Kathy Stricker. I'm a state patrol wife, mama to three lively kiddos, a yoga teacher, certified NLP coach, and an energetic rhythms expert. As an energetic rhythms coach, I help action-taking women use their body's rhythms and the moon's cycle to optimize productivity and avoid burnout without letting their desire to remain in control alter their focus. And this podcast is all about doing just that and perhaps a bit more so that you can create your own path to health, harmony, and happiness. So come along with me and may this episode serve as a nudge to discover tools that could help you on your path towards more intentional living. Enjoy the show. Hey friends, welcome to episode 64 of the show. You guys have heard me talk a lot about your body's natural rhythms and the moon's natural rhythms and using those as a guide for your productivity or for how much you get done. And for just the reminder that our bodies and the the universe hold this beautiful picture that we need all the phases. We need the work. We need the rest. We need the transitions in between. You've heard me talk about that a lot. Today, we're going to dive into how yoga teaches us about those rhythms. But first, the episode today is brought to you by the Energetic Rhythms Yoga Moon Salutation. Now, Energetic Rhythms Yoga is the style of yoga that I teach my clients, that I work with my clients on learning. Um, It's derived from the style of yoga that I formerly practiced and kind of broken down into four sequences aligning with the four phases of the energetic rhythms and offering offering up an approach to yoga that communicates these natural rhythms with your body when you're on the yoga mat. And the moon salutation is one component of these sequences. It's a pretty basic yoga sequence. And um, there's a link in the show notes for you to go ahead and download a video of me teaching the yoga, the moon salutation yoga sequence to you so that you can have it and begin to learn this practice or even just a basic yoga practice if you've never done yoga. Now, I'm going to tell you that this video was recorded a couple years ago. I look much different in it. And, um, since it was recorded, I have fine tuned some of the elements that I teach in the practice, but it's a great place to start. So if you want to grab that, um, click the link in the show notes and you'll be able to have access to that video and watch it whenever and wherever. I know what else I was going to tell you. There's no music background to this video, or I didn't, I didn't put any music with it. So if you want music or the metronome, because I generally teach people with a metronome, as you might have heard me say, um, if you want that, put that on in your background. You've got the capabilities. You can do that. Uh, throw that on and download the video, roll out your mat, and you'll be set to go. This is a great introduction or start 
to a basic yoga sequence. And in the topic of yoga, friends, today, that is what we are talking about. Yoga is an ancient practice. It's thousands of years old. Yes, thousands of years old. Friends, it has been around for so long. Of course, back then, it can probably be assumed that it looked a whole lot different than it does today. Yet the postures have been passed down in a way that communicates the honor, that communicates the need rather to honor our natural rhythms based on how the postures are sequenced or put together. Now, if you're not a yoga teacher, you probably don't know much about yoga sequences and you probably go to a yoga class thinking, I just want to feel better or I just want to feel calm or whatever it is that you want to get out of the yoga class. And sometimes you leave a class feeling fantastic, feeling energized, feeling calm, ready to go. Sometimes you leave a class feeling really lethargic or sleepy and like you don't want to do much else. And that's probably not a good thing if it's the start of the day, right? So the way that yoga postures are sequenced is crucial. If you're a yoga teacher, you know that. If you're not, now you do. And now you know why maybe some of the classes you go to don't leave you feeling the way that you want them to feel. There could be those of you out there also who, when you think of yoga, you might think to yourself, I can't do yoga. I'm so inflexible. Or I can't do yoga. My brain just never shuts off and it just keeps going. And I'm always thinking about what the person next to me is doing or thinking about if I'm doing the posture right. Those of you who are out there, I've been there. Or you might even be thinking, I can't do yoga. It's too slow and boring for me. I just want to fall asleep on the mat. Give me a high energy, high intensity workout and I'll knock that out. But yoga, no way. Too boring. If these thoughts have ever gone through your mind or thoughts that are similar to these, you're looking at yoga all wrong. Um, those are all perfect reasons for you to actually do yoga because yoga teaches you how to do all of those things. Yoga is not just about being more flexible or um, getting really quiet or having to lay on a mat or having to even practice on a mat that's only 26 inches wide by 71 inches long and keep everything on that mat. It's not just about that. It's about so much more. The fact that yoga makes you more flexible physically, more focused and mindful, it makes you slow down and be present and it makes you develop a more intimate relationship with your body and body awareness. The fact that it makes you begin to peel back the layers of yourself to encounter yourself on a deeper emotional level. All of those things are just byproducts of yoga. And by the way, if you were in the camp that was saying that you couldn't do yoga because of all of those other excuses at the beginning, that those other things that I just listed, the more flexible, physically more focused and mindful, helps you slow down to be present, helps you develop a greater body and mind awareness, helps you peel back the layers and begin to encounter yourself emotionally. Those are the really good parts of yoga. Those are the really good things and those are the beautiful byproducts of yoga. But that's just it. They're just byproducts of yoga. They're amazing benefits that you have that you get from a beautiful practice from an ancient practice that has been around for thousands of years, friends, and thousands of years. That means this, this practice 
knows a little something, right? Knows a little something about, uh, about living well, about living mindfully and intentionally. What yoga really does is naturally communicate the need to honor the rhythms of work and rest. I alluded to that in the beginning, um, and here's why. Hatha yoga, which is a form of movement yoga, um, is identified by this characteristic. It balances activity and passivity, or work and rest, as you likely think of it most of the time. From the development of a balanced sequence or series of postures that includes both postures that challenge your balance and focus, like tree or handstand, to those postures that encourage you to be still with yourself and recover, as in child's posture or downward-facing dog, an entire yoga sequence communicates the need to do both the work and also the recovery or rest. And sometimes, friends, when you are in the mode of only doing those high-intensity workouts or um, doing the active part of your life all the time, the busyness, the, the work, the getting home, not taking any downtime, but going right into making dinner, um, putting the kids to bed, doing baths, all of that kind of stuff, without taking a breath, without taking a beat to pause and breathe, you're communicating this incessant need to always be working without rest. And so yoga, yoga teaches us how to balance those things. Built into a good yoga sequence are larger sequences that can be used independently to communicate this rhythmic nature. Take the sun salutation or even the moon salutation that, that I shared with you um, that there's a link to in the show notes. But we're going to focus on the sun salutation today because I know I've mentioned that in previous episodes. But take the sun salutation, for example. It's really basic. It's even more basic than um, than the moon salutation. Okay, the moon salutation, side note, the moon salutation is a little bit more complex because the moon is a little bit more complex than the sun. The moon that represents our emotional inner darker side um, is a little bit more complex than the sun, right? That's the outward expression of us. So that's your little commercial break or side side note for that. But let's take the sun salutation, for example. The whole thing alternates from moving from an active to a passive posture. It begins in mountain posture and then moves to a forward fold, right? Then it continues with an active passive pattern or a work rest pattern until you reach the peak of the sequence, which is downward facing dog. And that, my friends, is what communicates with you the need to be still, to rest, to recover, and then move on to completing the sequence with mirroring the active passive approach to return to standing, the active active passive postures that take you back to standing. And just to clarify, it's that downward-facing dog posture that you get to right in the middle of the sun salutation that is actually held. And that's actually considered the rest phase for the most part, right? There's some work that goes into it as well, but it is the passive phase and it is communicating to you to be still for the time being. Now, what I also didn't mention to you about a sun salutation is that a sun salutation is generally built into a larger sequence. It is 
part of what makes up a larger series of postures. So it's just one kind of smaller sequence within a larger series of postures that you would practice. You know what? Perhaps I'll put a link in the show notes also that will give you access to download a real basic sun salutation. Um, That way you'll have a sun salutation and a moon salutation. So look for that in the show notes as well. Look for that in the link. I I will add that to this episode. In yoga, we need both the postures that are going to challenge us and energize us, as well as the postures that are going to quiet us and allow us to reflect inward. If you don't have a rhythm of these postures, you'll likely leave your yoga practice feeling out of sorts or overly anxious or lethargic. But if the practice you do communicates a rhythm and a balance in what you're doing, you too will likely feel that way. How you move on your mat is how you move off your mat. And it's how you're going to feel off your mat as well. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing, right? How you respond to challenges on the yoga mat is how you respond to them off the yoga mat, right? The same goes for how you approach the passive times in your practice, especially at the end of your practice in everyone's favorite posture, corpse, or also known as final relaxation. So those of you who lie down for what you think seems to be an eternity at the end of your yoga practice, but in all actuality is only like 20 to 30 seconds, are likely the ones who overfunction in life you are likely the ones who need stillness the most in your life. You are the students who I remind to take more time than you actually think you need, which generally ends up being only about one to two minutes that likely to you feels like the most painful 60 to 120 seconds of your life. But that's okay, because you know what? I was there one time in my life too. I absolutely was there. It was hard to slow down. It was hard to be still at the end of my yoga practice, but it's not so much anymore because I realized that I've done the work in my practice and now I need to do the work to rest. I need to do the work to recover and to allow my body to fully recover. And so a little bit of a mind trick here for those of you who think you always have to be doing something all of the time would be to think of corpse posture or final relaxation as doing recovery, right? You are doing something for yourself by taking that time at the end of your practice. Everything you do on the yoga mat cultivates those same qualities within you as a person off the mat. So if you are taking the opportunity to do the work, and do the rest, then you're going to feel or relate that sense of balance within you as a person when you're not on the mat. You need the postures that push you to your edge with flexibility and even stillness as much as you need the postures that push you to your edge with difficulty and focus. Because it's the balance of those postures that are going to communicate the need for all those elements in your life as well. That balance reminds you that you indeed do need the perseverance and strength that comes from times of planning and productivity in your life 
And you also need the patience, adaptability, and stillness that comes from completing things and resting following them, completing all the phases of the energetic rhythms or all four phases of the productivity cycle, if you will. And this is not really common thought in the productivity world, that it has these four phases. You need the intention setting, the planning, the work, and the rest in order to really complete the productivity cycle. And your yoga practice can teach you that if you find a balanced practice that embodies all of those phases. Being a warrior, taking action, and getting things done in life reflects strength and focus in any situation. Resting, releasing stress, and quote, air quote, wasting time actually demonstrate adaptability and compassion in life. So when you look at how to cultivate those same elements through a yoga practice, it might look like building strength in a challenging posture or in challenging flows. And by doing so, you're teaching yourself the qualities of productivity and perseverance off the mat. Flexibility and surrender rather than forcefully making yourself do a challenging posture or one that you think you've done in the past or know you've done in the past, so you should be able to do it again. Instead, choosing surrender and flexibility teaches you those same qualities in life's situations off the mat. And that is a beautiful thing, my friends. It's a fine balance to find the edge that serves what you want to cultivate most in life, and it definitely takes practice. And that's the reason yoga is a practice. It's not about mastering something, but rather learning from what your body and mind communicate with you on the mat and adjusting accordingly. There's an episode coming up in the next month or so that is going to go more in depth on what it means to find your edge. But the point is, you need both. Both the active and the passive, the yin and the yang, the sun and the moon, the light and the dark. You get it. And yoga teaches you that rhythm, the same rhythm that your body innately goes through and that nature naturally flows through. You need it on your yoga yoga mat too. You need it in your yoga practice. When you're intuitively feeling out of sync or off and as though you're spinning your wheels when your schedule and routines become tyrants rather than servants, it's likely that you're out of sync with your energetic rhythms. And one of the best indicators of that, that I've experienced in my life, is my yoga practice. When my yoga practice feels off, it's likely that I feel off in one or more areas of my life as well. It's not always clear where things are off, although I wish it were. Yet that's where the introspective work comes in. And I can tell you that when I opt to set my practice aside or avoid it, I'm also avoiding myself, right? I'm avoiding encountering a deeper part of myself because that's what yoga shows us is the deeper parts of ourselves. When you begin to cultivate a consistent, regular yoga practice, and you begin to do that introspective work because you have to, because it just naturally starts to come out. As you start a yoga practice, it begins to peel back the layers, kind of like an onion, and you, and you begin to open your body and open the tissues 
and things are revealed to you that you kind of have to face. And when you get to the chance to know yourself a little more deeply on your self-understanding journey, that's when you get to this point where yoga is not just about the physical. Now, sometimes this can be tricky on your own. And that's exactly why I love working with yoga students one-on-one or in small groups, because I get to understand a little more where they're coming from. And I get to know their yoga practices personally and a bit of background into their life so I can help them explore where they may be feeling off in their yoga practice and in life. I get to help them find some correlations and maybe gain some insight. Something that is often a bit harder to do in group yoga classes, unless it's being taught in a guided guided self-practice manner in which the teacher is working with each individual on a personal practice and at their own pace, but in a group setting. So a typical group yoga class, it's a little bit harder for the teacher to have that intimate relationship and knowledge of what could be going on in the student's practice or in the student's life um, to help give them a little bit of guidance. But that's why I like working with students one-on-one or in small groups so that I can offer up some insight and some guidance as needed or as necessary. But yoga is so much more than just movement on the mat, as you've heard me say here today. It's also very much about breath and focus. And as you heard a few episodes ago in episode 59, How You Breathe is Who You Are, postures on a mat without breath is simply stretching. When you incorporate breath, it changes the outcome of your practice. And when you give your mind something to focus on, like a mantra, you enhance your focus. There are so many moving elements with a yoga practice that communicate how you may or may not be in alignment with your rhythm. But rest assured, you don't have to take them all on at once. It's a practice, remember? Let's wrap this all up and I'll give you some takeaways for this episode. In terms of health, I've got I've got three takeaways for you first. In terms of health though, Yoga certainly has some byproducts that make it an ideal addition to your holistic health approach and how you move on the mat will indeed show you areas of your life that may need some attention as well. In terms of your harmony, yoga teaches you about the balance of productivity and rest. If you only have one and not the other, flow in life or in anything will elude you. It's when you welcome and incorporate both that you begin to flow and life happens with more ease, even when the unexpected things come up. And rest assured, when you take a break from your yoga practice and you set it aside for even a week or a week or two, or it's very, it's a very scattered approach to your yoga practice, you will indeed feel this scattered approach in life as well. So when those unexpected things come up, you're going to be a little bit more triggered or um, on edge, and they're going to be harder to work through or harder to move through. And finally, the last takeaway here is a happiness takeaway. Yoga teaches you to be content in all circumstances, even when life is challenging. It's a part of the rhythm. We were never promised that life wouldn't have its troubles, and yoga is a way that you can learn to accept and surrender to the natural flow of events in life. When your body is flowing, your life will be flowing as well. 
Next week, we are talking all about turning away from yourself when life gets crazy or when life gets chaotic. I'm going to share some insights that I have had on that recently and give you permission to be okay with it. Um, But in the meantime, remember that in the show notes, you've got access to a sun salutation as well as a moon salutation. And until next week, I'm Kathy Stricker, and you've been listening to Health, Harmony, and Happiness with Kathy. Cheers to cultivating your own version of health, harmony, and happiness in your life.